Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev, episode number 59. Chris, I can't think of a single interesting thing to say about the number 59. <laughs> that by itself is fairly interesting. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not prime. It's, there's no significant. <laughs> it's not some sort of an innuendo of its code for something. It's just a, it's just a number. It's almost 60. There's, there's no, you don't get anything when you're 59 years old. I got nothing. All right. I guess we should. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, that's that's all I got. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, what? Cool. <laughs> what did you What did you get up to this last week? Uh, today or this week was the first full week of my next semester for my master's. So that's Ooh, exciting. Machine learning. Um, I'm only taking one class this semester because I knew it was going to be hard, and I still want time to do work and other stuff. Um, uh, and it's hard. <laughs> like I knew it was going to be like mathematic like math theory heavy and it is for sure uh, i have the first homework assignment printed out it is typeset in latex um oh. they also recommend that you typeset your answers in latex <laughs> so, so they are serious um that you can also write it out very neatly and upload that uh but i cannot write very neatly so that that is a struggle um so we'll see what what happens um the good news is, like, I look at every question, and I'm like, how in the world am I going to do that? The good news is the TAs are really good. And so I went to a office hours already, and um, he answered a whole bunch of questions that were... So, yeah, I, I feel... When I first looked at the homework assignment, I felt discouraged. <laughs> but now I feel much better that I will be able to get through the semester. Um, yeah, so that is how my week is going. Uh, we also have a sick kid, which is never fun. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, doing all right. So much to dive into there. I would like to start with a short personal story about my own relationships with LaTeX. <laughs> uh, I, in college, found out about LaTeX and was like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. And not many people know it. And for my like intro linear algebra class and for my other classes, everyone else was just handwriting it. And I was like, oh, look at this. So I can be nice and fancy. And <laughs> I love the typography. There's something about it. Just It just makes math look beautiful. Yeah. Uh, a lot of care and attention into little tiny details of like kerning. And I don't even know what they do, but it, it looks really nice. And so uh, as part of the scholarship program I was in, I got to interview incoming students who uh, were coming in from high school who, who might be included in this uh, scholarship program. And on one of their applications, I saw that they had been involved in this project in high school where they had done this project using Python and LaTeX. And I was like, ah, oh, perfect. This is, this, this is the sort of detail that I look for to like bring up this esoteric thing in their application to get them talking and, and excited about something. And uh uh, it'll be a fun conversation that, that we can have. And it's this group interview, so I, I can, like, you know, me and him can have this connection, and we can be like, well, for everyone else, like, LaTeX is this uh, <laughs> programming thing. So the interview uh, day comes, and we're chit-chatting, and a few other of the panelists ask some questions, and it gets to be my turn. And I'm like, uh, so I saw you did a project in LaTeX. I'd love to talk about that. And he said, uh, what? And I said, oh, uh, LaTeX? Uh, LaTeX, L-A-T-E-X, uh, the, the formatting language for uh, for math things. And he was like, uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, well, uh, there, there's this other thing. <laughs> so you're into lacrosse. Uh, tell me more about that. And uh, afterwards, I, I looked at his application and checked. And like, yeah, he had written in his application that, you know, he had had in his thing that he did something in LaTeX. Yeah. And he, he couldn't recognize it afterwards. And I don't know if it was, you know, it might have been just nervous. But uh, that's that's my go-to story now whenever I'm talking to someone. But like, should I include this on my resume? My litmus test is, if in that situation, if it was brought up, you could say something interesting about it and you could you could have a conversation about it, then yes, include it. Otherwise, don't. Uh, I love LaTeX. I think LaTeX <laughs> is super cool. 
Uh, what are your feelings about LaTeX and, and having to uh, uh, submit it? Uh, so it is neat. Um, in college, I typeset my resume in LaTeX, and I thought it looked, like like you said, there's something just about the font and the way it renders that's just really nice. Um, but it could be a pain in the butt. <laughs> and so, like, you know, like even just the tool chain is, like, difficult. There's You got to download, like, a gigabyte of, you know, who knows what, and then typeset it, and it, I don't know, it's just... It is just not like, you know, uh, what you see is what you get word editor or something, um, which is fine right? uh, for mathematical things, right? It makes a lot of sense to have a sort of script-like language that you can define, you know, equations and stuff with. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I will probably use it because I I see it as being uh, better than handwriting for, for what I'm going to do, but I think it will take longer than handwriting. It's very, it's very verbose. It's not quite as fluid, but... I don't know. There's, a, there's something about it. The, the same sort of thing I get of code of like I wrote some HTML and now it's this beautiful thing. And uh, yeah, it's not WYSIWYG, but like I know what the underlying fundamental thing is. Mm-hmm, yeah. In WYSIWYG editors, sometimes I get caught up in like, you know, if I'm trying to do a superscript, it's kind of weird. Like what part of this is the superscript and what if I want to do some a superscript of a superscript and I got to do all these kind of clever things of... Uh, I, I feel like I'm I'm reaching for and just scratching for like no just tell me what the underlying data structure is and let me let me edit that and uh, I can it, it's going to be a little bit more verbose but then I can unambiguously be uh, talking about uh, what I'm what I'm trying to say uh, weird connection I cannot for the life of me remember this guy's name but the the guy who invented LaTeX also invented the Big O notation and mm. also came up with an algorithm for solving this game called Mastermind uh, Knuth uh, 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 Donald. Donald Knuth, yes, that's right. Uh, and I recently was reading his original paper on solving Mastermind because that's what I used to do my Wordle solver. That's uh, right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a small world in, in mathematics. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You mentioned that last time. That's cool. I didn't know he came up with that. Yeah, interesting. I think I think that's right. I'm pretty sure. I, I just <laughs> pulled up the Wikipedia page for LaTeX and I didn't see his name immediately on there, but it's it's probably on there. Uh, neat. I think uh, having just saw my girlfriend Sarah go through this Harvard. Uh, master's level psychology class I think it's a wise decision to just do one class at a time <laughs> I, my, <laughs> yeah. my only other exposure to that as an adult was just like chatting with you I'm like ah it doesn't seem so bad and, uh, maybe it's just because he has kids It's it, but like man she was working for some of these days were like you know 12 hour days that she was just reading papers and uh, writing essays and it's intense stuff especially if it's math focused uh, how, how are you feeling about the math part yeah, so I knew I was going to have to review a lot of it because I haven't done a lot since college. So, like, need some linear algebra, some probability and statistics, uh, a little calculus, but not that much, I think. But I do, like, I realized doing this homework that I need to review basically everything about logs because I <laughs> forget a lot of stuff about logs. Oh, same. Um, yeah. And so, uh, among other things, right? So I was trying to figure out how I was going to learn all this stuff. And I could just do, I am watching other things, doing the reading, taking notes. But... I was going to do this in the first semester and I didn't and I wish I had. I, I want to also teach the stuff that I'm learning as I'm learning it because I know that I learn way better when I teach it. Yep. Um, so I was going to ask you, how would you go about that? Um, it's not really my normal stuff. So like if I just start randomly putting like, here's a bunch of stuff about logarithms or here's this weird ML theorem, you know, on my Twitter feed, that would be weird. Hmm. Um, do I like make a new blog? Do I make a youtube channel do i put it on my existing youtube channel do i make a new twitter account do i put it on my what existing a twitter account? question oh yeah man. i what, oh okay. what are your thoughts i have several things like this that i have been wanting to put together like like firebase is 
tricky to learn and there's a whole bunch of different resources for it and there's a lot of like you know 100 hour tutorials on how to learn everything yeah. about firebase and i feel like what i need what what i what i want is like there's a there's a list of like 20 things that i get wrong in firebase that are like just just walk me through you know i have the path of a document show me how to get that document because it's like three different steps and you got to get the make the ref for it and then you got to fetch the ref and then you got to destructure it and you got to remember that the id is separate and not included in the document um so the thing that i'm making for myself for that problem is like a faq of here's here's the tldr of how to learn firebase it's mm-hmm. my own personal cheat sheet for how to do this it's it's the resource that i wish existed when i'm trying to look at these problems yeah uh for me for firebase and it, i think something that would work pretty well for math is just it's one page on my blog and every time i find myself googling the same question for the fourth time i'm like okay this is this is an faq uh on this thing and then that forces me to go in and like read the documentation and figure out like okay is this actually the best way or is there some other thing that i can be doing to to uh to be solving this the, the specifically with firebase that problem is conflated a little bit by i i have drifted a little bit away from doing the blog posts and making my own library mm. and then i have that library do things in the most logical way that i would expect right um but i think i think if i was like if i was reteaching myself linear algebra i think the thing that i would do is um make my own summarized version of just a page of my blog you know christian.gen.co slash linear algebra that is hey <laughs> you're <laughs> familiar with basic math concepts uh but you've forgotten the details of linear algebra like how to do dot product and cross product uh here are your notes from yourself in the past of you know when you dug in and nailed this down this is how you remember how to keep them straight this is the one simple animation to remember how to do the cross product uh okay that's that's that concept on to the next one and it's just like the the things that i consistently get wrong when doing those things um, and then from there, if you want to, like you're very well versed in video, uh, you, you could turn them into video, but I think for this medium, it would make more sense to do something in text first. And I don't think it needs to be its own blog, but like you could turn it into its own blog if, if it starts to become something bigger, but I would just start with a single blog post. That makes sense. And I like that because what, what I was thinking is like, I, once I'm done with this class, I don't necessarily want to be doing a bunch of math stuff. <laughs> like it's yeah. not particularly interesting to me. I just need to learn it again. So I like an existing big long page on on my site, not necessarily a blog post or anything, just a, a reference. Um, yeah, I like that. Title it linear algebra for machine learning. Linear yeah. algebra cheat sheet for machine learning or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that, and then a probability one, and then uh, yeah. like there's, there's all these things I know are going to be important on the. That's the other thing about this class is if I understood one of the posts in Slack correctly, last the last. Uh, semester's high on the second test was a 50%. Oh, and so the the class is curved, but it's okay. a kind of class where you're going to get a 50% and be happy about it on the oh, test. Oh man. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm uh I what did I get myself into? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh that's intense. <laughs> that would feel very uh demoralizing. Uh okay, yeah. So the 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 thing that I would do from your perspective and the thing that I would love to read as your friend is slash math for ml and you start at that high level and you're like okay we're going to break this up into different headings of linear algebra and statistics and then if it becomes clear like oh there's actually a lot of linear algebra that i need okay maybe that's its own separate page and i just linked that from the main page uh but 
it, it can be as simple as, you know, as you're Googling for these and figuring out like, ah, oh, yes, of course, this is what p-value is. Uh, you know, you, you write your own little summary of what p-value is there. And if in whatever resource you found, there's a more in-depth thing, you link to that. And if there's a nice animation you see on YouTube or something, you, you can clip out that piece of it and include that as a GIF. Uh, and then it's just all that one condensed thing. And then the next time you're like, you know, a month from now, if you're like, ah, shoot, what was p-value? You go to your own page uh, yeah. and, and look it up. I had this magical moment doing this. I don't remember what context this was in, but it, it was some question that I only encounter like once every four years. And uh, I Googled for the answer to this question and my own blog post on yeah. the topic came up. And I was like, what? It was the, it was the eeriest thing. I didn't remember writing it. And and I looked at it and it, it perfectly answered my question. And I was like, how did this happen? And it wasn't it was only like six years ago or something. I I'm I can't even remember what this was. Like this is gonna happen again in another in another four years. Um but it it's it's kind of fun and then, you know, that's I'm I'm also benefiting all the other people who are uh thinking about problems in the same sort of way and, and asking the same sorts of questions. So yes, that's that's what I do. A uh, uh, page on your blog and have that be your condensed consolidated math for ml yeah cool i like that thanks cool you're welcome uh what else did you get up to this last week uh that was it because <laughs> <That's> <laughs> this <fair>. class is <laughs> this class is gonna be a lot of work um i did the cal competition as well um which is more like i set experiments to run on my computer and just let them run so i'm not cool. doing like i know basically what i want to learn from different experiments and so i just sort of set them up and i run you know run my card 24 7 for several days and get the answers out cool so um that is happening my graphics card that's right that's right um and i uh priced out uh paper space like a uh, spot instance for some because if i had a bigger graphics card i could have a bigger batch size and so i looked at the prices of those and they're very expensive and so uh you can rent them for two dollars an hour which is also expensive but less expensive than buying one so mm. um i think i'm gonna rent one to see if i actually use it um yeah so probably gonna do that as well yep cool that's a that's a reasonable compromise you have your own for most of the things you need and rent it out yeah that makes sense to me neat what what is the new character competition what do you uh, this is the same one as last time. This is the essay one. Um, mm, okay. So I'm trying to break up an essay into its uh, parts. And like in order to help um, help 6th through 12th graders, like give automatic feedback based on, you know, like if you need more claims in your essay, you know, it's like you only have one claim. How about you add another one or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, yep, so that's that one. Cool. Right now it's just like the exploratory. You're just taking all the essays and putting them in here and doing something with them what, what does this look like <laughs> at the stage yeah so it's kind of interesting the whole pipeline um it's further along than that uh and so what i'm doing is there, there are these big language models called transformers um okay. and they are pre-trained on depending uh, so this is like just gpt2 and 3 are an example of a transformer um mm. and there's other ones and they're pre-trained on giant uh, you know, corpses of like, like one is called the pile. And I think it's like 300 million tech pieces <laughs> of text or something. Um, and uh, so the pre-train on that, and you can download those weights and then you fine tune it based on your thing. So basically you run every word or, or more specifically every token. So a word might be multiple tokens, um, every token through this transformer. And then it gets us like a, an embedding out. So 768 or 1024 dimensional, you know, vector. And then you, 
train it by saying this is part of a claim or this is part of a position or this is part of a lead. Um, and then you train that for a long time. Uh, and then when you do inference, you run it through this giant model and then through your little piece and then try to match up, you know, so you can get chunks of leads together and call that a lead, chunks of positions and call that a position. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now is I'm training, uh, doing something called cross-validation, which means you split up your data into multiple uh, chunks and uh, training on them and then leaving out that test set like we talked about. Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing is training these big uh, models. That's so cool. Let me see if I understand that. You're, there, there exists these pre-trained mental models, uh, 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 neural networks, yep. that are trained on human text. So it's this big old brain and... Each neuron is a uh, uh, oh a, a feature, not a word. What did you call it? A token. Yeah, token. Each neuron's a token. So, like, I, I have my neuron that lights up when I say "re," and then there's another one that's "mar," and then uh, "ka," and then "bull," and then if I have all those neurons lighting up at the same time, it's the word "remarkable." Uh, is that is that close enough so far? Sort of. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that that exists. Yep. That's that's its own brain. And you take these essays and you tokenize them and you, and with those tokens, you can link them up to the brain. You can see which neurons light up. You have a mapping of like, okay, this essay corresponds to these neurons lighting up. And then you have, with that mapping, you now have like, you know, a list of the neuron IDs or something. And now you can say this set of neuron IDs together is a claim. And then now we have a mapping of words to abstract concepts in an essay and then you can go a level higher than that and say okay this essay has these elements like claims and summaries and thesis uh that makes it a good essay if it has these higher level components so now given a random essay we'll go through that whole process again and tell me which higher level components are missing is uh, that right we're actually not even doing the last part so that's that's what they're going to do with whatever the thing is. The part we're doing is just identifying the different parts. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And you, you, you're working on data that's already been labeled. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Man, how tedious must that have been to... I know, <laughs> yeah. They, they had, as far as I understand it, a bunch of volunteers and then some expert uh, evaluators, and there's like 15,000 essays or something. So Wow. Yeah, I guess almost double that because the test set is about that size too. So What a crazy amount of work. Okay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. So you're just... You're just trying to replicate that human uh, effort to be yep. able to identify, given an essay, this is a claim, this is a hypothesis, this is a something else. Yep. Cool. Neat. That's fun. What a cool way to break that problem up. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay, so the, the thing that your graphics card is currently chewing on is taking the input essays and doing the tokenization and training trying to trying to learn like this was the human uh correct answer uh try to figure out what's going on here try to figure out the pattern yep yeah exactly cool um, yep and it takes about an hour to chew through fifteen thousand essays and i have to do that about three to four times per fold for five folds and so it's about you know it's about 24 hours of co computation time every time i run a full experiment so wow we yeah, so you try to run little experiments that sort of point you in the right direction, and then you run a full one that takes a whole day. Yeah, define a fold. Oh, so that's in the cross in cross validation, you chunk up your data into bins, and that's called the bins are folds. And so okay. um, you can pick any number 
between five and 10 is common. Um, if you have very little data, you can do as many as hold out just one example and have mm. that be your test example and then train on all the rest and then do that for every single one. Um, that's really extreme. But yeah, between five and chunking up your data into five and 10, five or 10 bins called folds is cross-validation. Okay. So if I, if I have 10 bins, I can do this whole process once saying bin number one is the test set that yep. I'm going to hold aside. And then I do it again, holding aside bin two. Okay. So the, the idea is like, if I'm actually learning how to do this problem and not just cheating or fitting to the data, uh, you know, by, by the 10th time I've done that with all the bins, I should have an, an actually useful yeah. model that, okay. And you just take the average. Usually, usually at, there's multiple ways to combine it at the end, but like take the average is, is common. Cool. How fun, man. I mean, again, I'm like, I'm astounded this is possible. <laughs> yeah. We're living in such a cool world. Uh, what a what a complicated problem. I can't imagine also that, like, how complicated is it to, to figure out what a claim is? Like, based on tokens, That's that just seems, it, it seems remarkable that that would be able to be done by a computer, that that is a higher level pattern that, that could be recognized. Yeah. But, so like, yeah, it, it, that makes sense. Yeah, the magic of tran of uh, uh, transformers, also <laughs> transformers, is that uh, they they look at that token in context, and so they can look up to usually it's like five hundred twelve tokens on either side, or well okay. total, so two fifty six on either side. Um, before that, it was really really hard to do that because uh, it takes a lot of memory to do that. Transformers mm. do this in a uh, 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 O of n squared, so like quadratic memory amount of memory instead of uh, in factorial. I guess is what it'd be otherwise. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was the magic of transformers when they came out. How many how many tokens on each side? Like five hundred twelve usually. Yeah, um, five hundred twelve tokens. R roughly, how many words would that translate into? Uh, so some words are just one token, like the, or okay. you know, like or e even so common words like the twenty thousand most common words or something are all just one token. But okay. then if a word is like misspelled, for example, and there's a lot of misspellings in sixth yeah. to twelfth grade uh, yeah, essays, yeah. Um, then it'll break it up just like you showed, like or said, like into chunks that it can uh, establish our tokens okay so like uh so like don't for example is commonly do and an apostrophe t so it's commonly two tokens okay so between one and three tokens per word is is pretty common so okay okay so the 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 <laughs> what uh, i think you said 256 tokens on either side yeah so like 128 uh, words is a okay. rough approximation and there's on also yeah, on each side, yeah. And there's also, so I'm using something called a long former, which has a trick that lets it look even further, but using, instead of just one step, it uses two steps, basically. So what happens is there's some tokens that look at all the words. And so, mm -hmm. like, for two of the tokens, usually, like, the start and the end or something like that, it looks at all the tokens. So what you can do is you can go from your token to the start token, and then from the start token to another token that's further away. And that way you can, in two steps, you get to look at everything, uh, which an another neat optimization that's wild i'm struck by the thought of <laughs> trying trying to think of how many tokens on either side of a how, how many words on either side of a word when i read i'm keeping track of mm -hmm. yeah and i i've never consciously thought about this but I, I think it's something like i don't know maybe 10 words and then for anything past that i'm, I'm just like rapidly compressing it into its higher level meaning and so if, as I'm reading, if I'm in, in any particular word, if you ask me, like, what was the word three ago, I, I could kind of work backwards and tell you. And if you ask me what it was 10 ago, I, I would have a rough guess. And if you ask me what the words were in the, the paragraph, two paragraphs before what I'm reading, 
I might be able to tell you like the rough gist of what that said, but I would have no chance of being able to tell you like word for word what it said. How interesting. Okay, so this has the capability from this process to understand text better than me. Uh, <laughs> well, so it's a little word at least. It's it's yeah. remembering it more. So it's just different. Like what you you pointed out something that computers are bad at that humans are good at, which is rapidly compressing context into usable like memory yeah. um computers are not good at that at all and that's why they have to look at so many words um okay. because they just they basically just brute force everything right now like that you brute force it by looking at all the words um, yeah, yeah. it would be great if you could rapidly compress that context uh, like humans could for a lot of different things um yeah but they can't interesting they can't, yeah yeah huh i guess that's the trade-off then like the, the the better you are at compressing things the less you need to remember it verbosely yeah like you know a, a computer is really good at remembering exactly what the pixel color and brightness is of every single pixel but it, it has a hard time remembering like the theme of that weekend <laughs> like yeah. what were the what were the higher level lessons that i learned from uh the set of all of these pictures and all these photos uh together um interesting i guess that'll remain a human advantage for at least a little while longer uh probably probably at least until the end of the year uh that that makes sense cool so that was my week. Yeah. How about you? I'd love to tell you about my week. Yeah. Uh, I had this last week, the day after we talked, my second meeting with my executive assistant, Rachel. And the first week was just like getting her onboarded. And uh, I, I was pretty impressed with like, she was able to pick up, okay, this is your backend for your thing. And this is your uh, customer support software. Great. Got it. Uh, and I, we walked through like a single case of, okay, this is a refund and this is what you need to do with a refund. And, uh, I wasn't able to show to, to like walk her through it. She just saw a screenshot cast of me doing it. Uh, so we got off the phone and I was like, okay, you know, we'll see how this week goes. I'm, I'm, I would like, you know, this is a thing that I'm very convinced is a thing that is going to benefit me in my life. And I think it's going to take a long time to, to spin up so that it's actually saving time. So, you know, we'll, we'll give this at least a month and then, uh, <laughs> go from there. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to mentally like financially, uh, right off that at least the next six months like this is a six month experiment and, and so I'm, I'm I'm trying not to think about the money that I'm spending and, and trying to directly correlate that so okay th th these are my thoughts going into meeting number two so meeting number two I'm thinking probably what's going to happen is she's going to be like oh, okay you know I, I looked at more things and uh, I'm, she's contracted also for uh, about an hour every weekday uh, mm -hmm. and half of that a, a half hour was spent just in our call so I was thinking she was going to say like, well, I logged in, but I wasn't able to figure out what this thing was. And uh, you have a lot of emails like this and I'm not sure what to do. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, we'd, we'd have to go through a few rounds of that before uh, I, I actually got somewhere productive. And we got on the phone and she was like, I've identified six different types of emails that you have. Let me go through each one. And, and I was like, whoa, cool. And she was like, uh, this one, uh, you know, someone, someone asked for a feature. What do I do with those? And I was like, uh, I guess tell them thank you and say something non-committal about like uh we'll let you know if this becomes on the roadmap and then um give me a 
oh gosh a weekly report of all the different features and who gave them to me <laughs> and uh with with their email addresses so i can contact them later and she was like okay good next one and i was like oh my god wait no I'm, that's all i have to do <laughs> that was the easiest program i've ever written yeah, <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just tell you and now i never have to think about that again and she was like okay uh, uh refund i saw how you did it uh but you know is this response okay and i was like yes yes of course and she said uh is there is there a way for customers to refund themselves or to, to cancel their own accounts and i told her uh there wasn't but there is now and that was a mistake of mine i think there was in the past and i did something that disabled it and now now uh it exists again and she was like okay great uh and she asked you know uh this person said that they can't sign up for your thing because they can't pay for it and like we talked about last week i was like yes yep. i know it's very embarrassing <laughs> they uh between january 1st and january 12th or something they uh, they couldn't do it and she was like oh great we go through that you know, for for the six different types of emails that she's identified, working the entire 30 minutes. And I get off the phone and I'm just like, oh my God, I should have done this years ago. <laughs> this, yeah. this is great. Is this what it's like to have other people working for you? I, and wow, that was so much more energizing. And like, now I don't feel scared of having 10 times more customers, meaning 10 times more emails, because that just means I would hire Rachel to work for me for longer. <laughs> and like, man, it's great. And I'm also seeing how like, I think uh, I, I'm paying her more money than makes sense uh, because this is like the very first time I've hired someone. Uh, th this is, you know, if, if anything else, just a lesson for me to figure out how to delegate. Uh, paying Rachel $40 an hour. And the way I'm justifying that is she's making the SOCs that then I'm going to hire someone cheaper in the Philippines to just follow those SOCs. And if they have any problem, they bubble it up to Rachel. And then if Rachel doesn't know how to handle that, then she bubbles it up to me. Um, but, but like this is i'm paying her to develop the process and then uh i can i can constantly have her on, on like new things like that uh but i am so happy this is just i got off the phone just glowing <laughs> i'm like i'm i'm a big old boss i'm making money moves i'm hiring people to do work that i don't want to do and it feels great and uh if anyone is on the fence about getting an executive assistant uh it's you would have benefited from one years ago probably uh they're great uh that's that's the first part of this and then i have a follow-up question for you but i just want to take a moment uh to say wow <laughs> it's uh i i love rachel she's great and i'm really happy i'm finally digging to the bottom of this uh sisyphean task of customer support emails uh and i've made the world and myself uh happier that is great. Um, I think you knew that six months ago. Uh, sure did. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that it's working. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. When I tell this story, I uh, I talk about how easy it was to work with Squared Away and how uh, I found out about them actually through a listener of this podcast. I, I was talking about like the type of person I wanted. How it was like, you know, a stay-at-home mom that now has kids going to school. Of uh, that she has a bunch of free time and would like to spend a, a few flexible hours in the day uh doing some sort of work and you know she's she's overqualified for the thing that she's doing and uh someone reached out to us through this podcast and was like hey i think you're talking about squared away which hires military wives who like are qualified people who just can't have a job in a physical space or they need something remote um so the story i tell is like i found out about that through the podcast and then i got on the phone with them and they were like great we can have some for you someone for you next week just sign this contract and then six months later i emailed them back and said hey i dropped the ball on this could you send me another contract please and they said yes and then the next week i was on the phone with rachel uh yeah no it's great i don't know what i was dragging my feet about uh i'm, I'm very happy um so here's the question for you is she is just gnawing through these 
and I, while I could, like, it, it wouldn't be an unproductive use of her time to just keep going through this backlog. Uh, there's something like 800 emails left of uh, people who have emailed me at some point in the year. Uh, she, she could just stay on that, but that feels like kind of a waste paying her $40 an hour. What other categories of tasks uh, putting your uh, boss hat on would you <laughs> yeah. assign to Rachel if my goal is to increase the revenue for file inbox? That's a good question. Um, first I'll say I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to just let her keep chewing on them. Um, she will surely identify more d- different types of things, further you know, refine your standard uh, procedures. Um, and the big thing though is when she gets that down to zero, you are going to feel so good. <laughs> And so, like, uh, yeah, if you just, you know, if all you have to do is keep paying her and then that goes to zero, like, that's that's not a bad uh, outcome at all, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, at some point, either she'll get through them or you, you know, will find someone less expensive to just follow what she's done. Um, mm-hmm. Things she could do are... I'm, I'm trying to... I only have one, so which is do do what I you know uh, your the won't you be my boss segment uh, told you to do, which is you know find and reach out to people in your different uh, verticals. Yep. Um, like I I know an assistant could do that, uh, and you know if she developed you know procedures for that, then you could probably reach out to you know multiples per week and just run that forever, right? Yep. Um, so like that might be the next thing I um, would have her do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm struggling to come up with more. I I could, but yeah, I don't know how you feel about that. Feels good, yeah. Uh, and I agree with you that like, if the only thing she did was just keep chewing on these customer support emails, like that in itself would be productive. This is this is me trying to like hyper optimize. Um, I agree that doing like like cold outreach would be productive. I think I think the next thing I'd like is for her to start teeing up. Uh, calls with my own customers for me. If I just mm. say, here's my yeah. Calendly link, here's access to my calendar, uh, your next job, you know, <laughs> bounce back and forth between the customer support emails and, and doing this. Uh, just do whichever one. Uh, <laughs> I, the problem I have as a boss, I think, is uh, being a little too lenient. I think I think the way that I should phrase this <laughs> is, I would like for you to fill these calendar spaces. And then once those are filled, go to customer support emails. Um uh, but you know, both of those are kind of asynchronous tasks. So, so do both at once. Um, yeah, I would say, especially like well, with what you just said, you do have to be careful once you're directing people. Cause yeah, if you're even a little bit, um, I, I wouldn't use the word lenient, but if you're a little bit vague in what your priorities are, yeah. then the wrong thing is going to get done and it's not yeah, gonna be her fault. It's gonna be your fault. Yeah. Um, and so I would be specific about what your priorities are, but you can still be, uh, sort of flexible in how she does it. So you can say, you know, uh, my priority this week is is this thing. Um, I would also like you to complete some of this. You know, I recommend doing this. But then if she does it a different way, at least you've outlined your priorities. So yeah, I would be yep. very specific about your priorities. You can be flexible about the order or the amount of time or whatever. But yeah, cool. Okay, I think my priority then is if there's an email from a customer that is that was sent within a week, that has priority. That should be dealt with before anything else. Yeah. And otherwise... Uh, my priority is to get my calendar booked for the next week of customer support email of, uh, of, uh, customer interviews. Um, and here's a template email to send them. Uh, here's the, the 
uh, verticals that I'm interested in right now, loan officers and accountants and sign printers and lawyers. Uh, so, and, and here's access to my whole customer database. Um, find people in this database to send this templated email to and, you know, fill in the blanks for their details. And uh, the template includes a link to my Calendly and here's how you check if my uh, calendar is currently full. If that's full for at least the next week, then just go back to customer support emails. Yeah. That sound right? Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm, so I would make sure you record whatever sessions you do because one of your next tasks, well, I mean, you could probably do this yourself right after the call or whatever, but like out, uh, try to figure out what you want out of these calls. Um, I imagine it's going to be something like just information for you, but also probably any place where they show any kind of hesitancy or confusion, I would mm. turn those into articles. Um, so if she can, if she's a writer, then she can do that. Uh, or she could like my, I was imagining her like watching the videos and then summarizing what you need to write up. Um, but you know, maybe she could write it too, or maybe she could find someone to write it for you, you know? So, um, mm. yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought, I don't have a, I don't have a system for what comes after those videos. They talk about that in deploy empathy. I'll, I'll I think we're just going to model this entire pipeline on, on deploy empathy. Um, yeah. Okay, that feels good. I have another call with her tomorrow, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll bring this up. Uh, I think I'll also try to get a gauge on like how is the customer support going, or are right. you bored with that? Um, I haven't actually checked the SOPs that she's writing, so I want to double check that that's happening. Um, but on the whole, my gosh, I'm so happy. This I put zero effort into like vetting this person. I had one call with Squared Away where they were like, "What are the sorts of things you want to do?" and uh, you know, I linked up my bank account. And now it just this just happens. I have this person who I can tell uh, to do random things, and they'll, uh, they'll do it on the call. Also, she was saying that she—I think I mentioned this last week—she has a, a response time of an hour from wow. in, in working hours in Central Time. Where like, if I just send her a random text and I'm like, "Hey, order me a cake," <laughs> she, she'll do it within yeah. an hour. I think uh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, this this feels like a really good like you know baby's first employee uh i'm I'm, it it feels good a lot of the pitfalls of like you know i uh the person i hired isn't uh a reputable person and like i have to figure out how to do w2s and uh i have to really crack the whip of making sure that they're staying on task uh those feel like they've all kind of been outsourced to this agency uh so it's good It's, it's good practice uh cool that's all about rachel uh generally on file inbox i now that i've been freed i I feel like i have two shackles (laughs) holding me down of like that i don't want to grow file inbox the first is customer support emails boom rachel's got that for me that i feel freed from that now second is infrastructure because when uh i get an email at like two in the morning that says hey file inbox is down uh you need to go in and figure out what servers to restart and what thing is randomly broken uh, I need to relearn how Rails works. Uh, <laughs> that feels really bad. And then when I'm mentally simulating, like, ah, what if 10 times more people were using File Inbox? I have this dread wash over me of, oh, man, I would need this way more complicated infrastructure. Uh, I've justified this so many times. Moving to serverless, the way to go. Yep. Uh, so that's what I'm just, like, dead set on. <laughs> as as other projects and other ideas keep creeping in, I just push them away. I'm like, no, serverless stuff. So the project for that this week was uh, figuring out Stripe invoicing uh, within Firebase. And that is going really well. I am at the p- 
point of a project there are you familiar with hill charts 37 signals talks about this yeah in shape up they talked about that right yeah 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 that uh, for anyone listening it's it's this idea that like project uh progress isn't measured linearly it's measured as a hill because going up the hill there's all this complexity and you're learning new things about the project and uh but but then once you're at the top of the hill like not very much progress has been made but you've uh, you've figured out most of the complexities, and then from there, it's just like putting Legos together. It's it's much simpler. Uh, I feel like I'm at the top of that hill right now. If like I know what all the pieces are, it's just about which <laughs> which path down this hill am I going to take down. Uh, so, and then I have a, a roadmap of like the other major categories of the ways to push this forward. So, here's my question for you: There are two ways that I can integrate Stripe. Uh, I can use a Firebase extension written by Stripe. That's just plug and play. I just hit buttons and, and it's integrated. And the promise behind that is it's syncing my Firebase database and Stripe. So I kind of have my own little private way to query everything about Stripe. Uh, and they handle all the webhooks and it's the, the library is maintained by Stripe. Um, and, uh, you know, th there's a standard way of generating links and things. I think the potential downside of that would be it's not as configurable, but I haven't quite gotten in the weeds enough yet to know when that's important. Uh, I'm also a little bit spooked because I went on the GitHub repository. All this is open source. There's a, mm -hmm. a public GitHub repo for this extension, and there's a whole bunch of issues, and it looks like Stripe has been ignoring that. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm ooh, feeling a little uneasy there. And some of those are like, hey, there's this edge case where if someone tries to sign up and then exits the page and then goes back, it has a canceled invoice in their account, and then it has the new invoice that's been paid, but then I'm just looking at the most recent one, so it's not like things like that that... that it's it's making me a little uneasy that uh, they're not getting a response. So that's that's thing number one. Uh, uh, option number two is I can re-implement just the parts of that that I need. I can effectively build my own Stripe extension for Firebase, uh, and that's reasonably straightforward. There's a course on it uh, on the site called Fireship that walks you through. These are exactly what the things you need to implement are. This is how you implement the webhooks, and these are the types of webhooks that you need to respond to. And then I have much more flexibility in how I'm responding to those things. The downside of that is seven years down the line when <laughs> Stripe has updated their, uh, their invoice or their, their uh, API um, and, and, you know, I need to go through and update something. I'm going to be in the same position I was in uh, a couple weeks ago of having to do all this lower level code versus the, the promise of this extension is that they'll be uh, updating it for me. Uh, how would you be thinking about which way to go yeah ha, are you using stripe are you going to use stripe checkout or is this of course yeah both okay. of them use stripe okay. checkout yeah um normally i would say do whatever gets you going faster um, yeah. which would be the library um but billing is one of the cases there are very few billing security that like there's a few cases where it's like if you get it wrong then it goes really wrong um and stripe checkout is easy enough that i think you could probably build the whole thing in like a day Mm -hmm. um, and if you had to rebuild it in seven years, it'd probably take like a day. So, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say do it both ways, but, uh, <laughs> like it's the John Carmack answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would go spend an hour on each way and I think you'll see the pitfalls pretty quickly. Um, okay. because like, I, I don't know how you do billing for file inbox, but if one of the ways that you want to do billing is not supported on either of the ways, then that's your answer. Use the other way. Okay. Um, you know, if, if you get going in one hour with one of the ways, then just go with that probably. Um, yeah. I think if you spend an hour on each one, then you'll, then you'll know the answer. Um, 
my answer would probably be do it my you said stripe manages the github repo which is good um but my my default answer would be to do it myself probably for billing because stripe checkout already takes so much of the burden that you could probably knock it out in not much trouble um it is already so much easier small aside i I was struck by the first time i had to figure out billing and, and using stripe it's probably i don't know three weeks of work and learning this entirely new way to do it using Stripe Checkout, it was like a it was like a day and a half. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a functional thing right now. I just need to uh, hook up some things with the UI. Amazing! It's so much easier. That everything just gets so much better. Uh, Stripe Checkout, especially, is such a fantastic product. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the status technology. Okay, I'm so I'm I'm basically an hour into this Stripe Checkout uh, uh, extension. Uh, route and it's looking like that's going to do everything I needed to do uh, and I have this other way to do it in my back pocket so I think what you're recommending is like keep going forward in the uh, extension uh, path and if I hit a wall uh, switch yeah. and and try at least an hour in this other thing and if I run into a problem that's even harder uh, you know further upstream than I did in extension then okay well now I have more information now I can uh push forward with the problem on the extension does that sound right yeah yeah if you're already an hour in the, and it's working that uh, or it's you know you see a path to it working then i'll just keep going with that and i would i would not worry about seven years down the line because like you said it went from three weeks down to about a day and a half yeah hopefully in seven years it's like hey ai puts billing into my yeah. application <laughs> so um yeah uh yeah i wouldn't worry about actually that. yeah probably that's probably what <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be um how funny okay cool that feels good Ah, neat. I have two more things to talk about that are much more fun. Uh, The first is quick. The Wordle solver that I made is getting so many interactions on Twitter. I keep having people mention me and they're like, the fantastic uh, wordlesolver.com by at Cjenko. It makes me feel really good. It's it's cool. (laughs) Uh, There's so many many tweets that are like asking people what their favorite first word is. And I have my tweet that's like, well, algorithmically, like this is the first (laughs) word. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. uh people like i wish my brain worked this way and i don't know it just it makes me feel good it's uh i made a thing and uh people like it uh that, that's that's, cool. that, that's all i have to say about that that's cool did you see on hacker news someone said uh solving wordle in three and a half moves 94 percent of the time or something no i will send you that yeah i need to look that up yeah. uh cool yeah three and a half i think is i don't know i don't know if you can do better than that they probably are beating me then I might uh, I might steal what other whatever algorithm they're using. Small aside, I I I still want to be playing the game, but I would like to have some sort of like a very simplified wordle solver that can just go in my meat brain of like just remember these three words, and if you always guess these three words, there's only two possible words it could be that are left. So just think of a word that <laughs> would fit this criteria. Right. Uh, that that might be my next project for it. Last thing that I'm very excited about, that we have uh, talked about a little bit already. I don't know what came over me. I think it might have something to do with um, <laughs> being friends with you, uh, being friends with Brian Richards, who's a, a like professional Lego collector, uh, and watching the Harry Potter reunion special. Uh, but I have gotten so into Harry Potter Lego. Uh, yes. <laughs> I had like one or two sets when I was really young. Uh, I had the, the troll set. Uh, and just played with it for hours and thought it was really cool. And now I'm an adult with money and free time. <laughs> yep. And uh, I asked you about the uh, Hogwarts Castle set, this 
$400 Lego set. That's It's a mini set of the entire Hogwarts castle. And I was like, man, what do, what do you think about this? And he sent me a picture of it that you have it. Like, yep. I think you said you, you gave it as a, a Christmas present to your wife. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So For, cool. Yeah. Oh, what a, what, a, what a couple. That makes me so happy. Um, and you got the lighting kit in it. There's like extra lighting kits you can put in it. Amazing. Uh, so I bought this smaller Hogsmeade set uh, and put it together with my girlfriend. And we were both like, this is great. More of this. <laughs> so I ordered the uh, Privet Drive set on Amazon. And then I uh, went into the Lego store because I was looking for the, the Hogwarts set. And they had the Diagon Alley set. Yes. Also $400. Yes. This box is just massive. It's, it's heavy. And I was like, I got to do it. Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> Lego Lego holds its value reasonably well. So, like, when I get tired of it, like, okay, I can, I can sell it. Like, I'm not just burning this money. And some of it, funny enough, like, appreciates in a way that uh, yeah. Beanie Babies did not. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I found myself... Uh, consumed and inspired with this idea of a interactive moving diorama of all of the different sets let me, let me paint you a picture of what i'm thinking all right you walk into our house and, and you see this entertainment center with a tv in the back and uh it's got some harry potter themed things about it it's got like the deathly hollow symbol on it it's got like maybe a little a little harry potter lego figurine and you go over to it and, and you go up and you know you're looking at the tv and then it's a flat top that's sort of wooden but it has kind of grooves in it and you see the harry potter thing and you're like oh harry potter are, are you into harry potter lego and i come up behind you and i'm like oh am i into harry potter lego <laughs> and i take a wand out of the front of the cabinet and i do a little swish and flick and all of a sudden the lights in the living room dim and uh some 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 uh smoke starts coming out of the of the case and then a little trap door in the middle of the table opens up and out of it rises the privet drive set and then the tv changes to like the back of you know it's it's like a neighborhood privet drive sort of thing and the harry potter music starts playing and uh it it walks you through the plot of the first and second films it starts with privet drive and you know that scene with haggard and dumbledore and everything else and the the set like swivels around so you can see the little baby harry potter and when it swivels around it's uh harry potter when, when he's older that covered under the stairs and it goes through like all the major story beats uh, up to this moment that's just burned in my brain of like as they're as they're going up to the castle on the boats it's this big sweeping music and i'll, I'll have a sound bar built into this so it's just like overpowering <laughs> the sound and the, as the huge hogwarts castle that just rises out of the back of this entertainment set uh and <laughs> that's that's what I've been thinking about uh, a lot over this last weekend is like how I can make this happen. I've been looking at like linear actuators and different sorts of lifts and things of how I can get this done. Uh, but for right now, I would just like your hot take on uh, how ridiculous is this? <laughs> what, what, oh man. What are your thoughts? So uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, my wife is a big Harry Potter fan. Uh, we have lots of the Harry Potter Legos. Um, that is well beyond whatever we have going on. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. Um, if you are like me, what will happen is you will buy all these linear actuators and mm -hmm. you will buy all these things and then mm -hmm. you will put them in a box and you will not mm -hmm. see them for two years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, no, uh, I think that's awesome. Um, I don't think it will happen if, unless you really, really want it to. <laughs> but I think that's awesome. Um, 
what what we did, which uh, so we uh, we have a lot of the Harry Potter Legos. We keep them as mostly a Christmas thing, so we mm-hmm. put them in bins and bring them out at Christmas, and our kids play with them, and that's nice. And then we so we only have them cluttering our house for you know a few months out of the year, mm-hmm. um, and that is a thing we do. We also have a giant castle set up in our bedroom. <laughs> that is our like we have a like a like a little bookshelf thing, and uh, the castle's on top of that, uh, and it's on like I I put it on a lazy Susan, like I modified a lazy Susan, so it spins around. Um, and so that's what we did with ours, uh, but it's not automatic and it, it does not have a wand. And it does not. Have, uh, that's awesome if you do it. I will come over just to see that. But um, my guess is you will get into it a little bit and realize it's a lot of work. Most certainly, yeah. I'm, I'm into building two right now of uh, with, with Sarah the uh, the Diagon Alley. Man, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of it, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. we're both. We we watched the first movie while we were putting them together. It's it's so much fun. Uh, I love your idea of only bringing this out for christmas that was that was the gateway idea that got me into uh justifying buying <laughs> a stupid amount of these sets i've got spreadsheets now of like every lego set that's ever been made and oh, I'm man. putting together these storyboards of like these are the sets for these scenes and do we really need quidditch can we just cut quidditch for the entire thing uh the, the thing you, that they the thing they really get you with is some of the characters you can only find in some of the sets yeah. So if you want all the characters, now, now we have like thirty Rons and thirty Harrys and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. not that many, but um, but yeah, if you want uh, like you know McGonagall and her special robes or something, you got to buy yep. one specific set. Yeah. Yep, yep. And they have the the chocolate frog cards that yeah. are the special ones. Yep. And man, if at the end of this I don't have all of them, you know I'm gonna <laughs> buy the like the two I I still need. Uh, <laughs> that they have golden pieces. I have a golden Ron now. I don't know what to oh, do with yeah. that. We have a golden Dumbledore too. Yeah. What's the deal with the golden pieces? They're, it's just another thing. <laughs> they just made them golden. Just to, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll probably need all those too. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. No. I think. I think. Most certainly, what's going to happen is you know I'm going to finish this set. I'm going to finish one more set, and then be like, I'm bored with this. And uh, what usually tends to happen, I think, with both of us with those sorts of projects, that was like, okay, we'll we'll put it down for a little while, and then I'll the next time i have a spark of inspiration I'll, I'll chase that and oh look at this i already have all you know half the things i need for this project so i can i can push it forward much easier um in this moment though i'm, I'm feeling like what are you talking about of course i'm gonna <laughs> what else would i do with my time other yep. than yep. figure out how to do these uh screw lifts i think is what it's called that, that's gonna make oh, the most sure. sense to lift this up yeah you, you take like two threaded rods and you sink them together with a a, a belt uh and then your actual table has a screwed insert in it and then if you just rotate the rods with the belt then the uh the platform rises and falls uh that that part feels pretty easy i I asked my magician friend if he had any tips on that and if he knew of like a good design for the trap doors uh and he recommended like a like a garage door type thing so it it rolls Mm -hmm. up and makes space to to go back up but in order to make in order to make all this you're also going to have to buy a table saw and uh a chop saw and uh, like all the woodworking tools. Yeah, I I actually have a lot of those from oh, right. when I was going to build a tiny house and then didn't. <laughs> but I still might. It's the, all, all right. the stuff is there for, yeah, for ready right. for me to, to be able to do it. Uh, you won't yeah. be able to you won't be able to fit your Harry Potter castle in your tiny house. So you got to pick one. <laughs> oh man. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Put a second tiny house next to your tiny house with all of your Harry Potter go. Legos in there it. There we go. Yeah. My Harry Potter go. Lego museum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, if it, if it would get you to fly down to Dallas, that's a uh, that's, that's good motivation to, <laughs> yeah. to get yeah. this done. Uh, cool. 
I think that's all I got. That's all I got too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.